Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Blue Jackets taking it to the Jets tonight. Four and a half minutes left in the second period. It is 4-0 for Columbus. Patrick Laine has scored twice against his former team. He's up to four on the season. Early in the third, Predators lead the Islanders 2-0. And with about seven minutes left at MSG, the Rangers, who've uh, not been good at home this season, leading the Senators 2-1. Zibanejad has his 12th of the year. Brooklyn leading the Raptors 96-76 with 10 minutes left in the fourth. World Cup tomorrow. The elimination game start. It's the round of... 16. Winners advance to the quarterfinals. Losers are out. So two matches tomorrow at 8 a.m. Netherlands against the United States at noon Mountain Time. Argentina against Australia. Okay, and uh, as I was telling you, Morley is going to be broadcasting live tomorrow from Commonwealth Stadium, 9 to 10 a.m. for the Elks this week from the fan appreciation sale. And uh, I believe our next guest will be one of the players there appreciating the fans from the Edmonton Elks. It is Aaron Grimes checking in. Aaron, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Reed. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Well, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Are you ready to rock and roll to, for tomorrow? You ready to sign some autographs and mingle and all that type of stuff? I am. You know, actually, that became my favorite thing to do this year since I wasn't playing, was just being able to be out there and see the smile on everybody's faces. All right. Well, t let, let's start there uh, because obviously, yeah, we, we didn't see you on the field. Um, tell me a little bit about the injury and, and getting through it and how you're feeling now. Uh, man, obviously a super tragic uh, injury, one of those uh, tear jerkers, you know, it uh, definitely definitely uh, hit me in the heart, you know, when I found out, but, uh, you know, I had my 24 hours to grieve over it, and then it was, you know, hit the ground running after that, so, you know, prehab, surgery, and rehab ever since, and uh, honestly, I'm feeling great right now, I'm running around, I'm, I'm doing some sprint work, I'm obviously exercising on it, I'll be doing some change of direction here in the next week or two, so uh, I'll have a full off-season of training, and, um, you know, that was kind of my motivation the entire time. It kind of kept me, you know, I feel like as elite athletes, you know, we can overcome a lot of, you know, injuries and, and nicks and bruises. But mentally, you know, that mental strength is really what determines whether or not somebody can come back from it. And uh, I was able to get through it well this time. Because this, it, just to clarify, it was an ACL, right? Yeah, I tore my ACL in the second preseason game uh, yeah. this year. Yeah, that sucked. <laughs> I mean, I, I, oh, I, yeah. I feel for you. Is is this the most yeah. you've ever, I mean, the whole season, was that the most you've ever missed? Like, is this the hardest rehab you've been through? Oh, yeah. Uh, this is the most I've ever missed um, ever in my career playing football, all the way back to Pop Warner football. I never missed as many games. So, uh, honestly, when I first found out, I was like, okay, what can I play with a, with a break on? <laughs> and uh, Doc was like, yeah, but if you want to play football for years to come, you know, the, the better decision is to just take care of it now and not make the situation worse. So I had to kind of had to swallow that ego pill and, uh, and and do what was right because, um, you know, like Doc said, I'm not done playing and I don't feel like I am either. You know, Aaron, one of the most memorable interviews I think I've done on this show, uh, I think it was... Uh, when would it have been before the oh no it was before this no it was before the 2021 season we did an interview during training camp and you took us through a day in the life of a player at training camp 
but like yeah. when you got there, what you did, what what you ate, like you know, when you went and got a massage, when you practiced, when you might have time to talk to your buddy, whatever. And like it's a long day, but I also know from doing that, like you em- you embrace that. So how hard was it to not have that routine of of being, um, you know, a regular participant in a football season? You know, that was the hardest part for me was waking up every day. And um, I kept the routine the same other than playing, obviously, right? Like, I was in the building still at 7 o'clock in the morning. I was working out, doing my rehab. I sat in on the 8.30 optional meetings with the DBs. I helped run them, actually, um, and tried to be as much of a leader as I could off the field. But when it came time for them to practice, there was that emptiness that I would feel, you know, or – they would travel for a game, right? And they come in the locker room with their bags packed. And I mean, that stuff right there, um, it would drive me crazy at first for the first few weeks. You know, I just almost felt like I was wasting my time. Um, but I was able to just find a way to, to channel that into motivation, you know, to not only take care of this uh, injury, but do everything I can to make sure that, you know, obviously you can't control things like this uh, sometimes, but I'm going to do everything I can to make sure it doesn't happen again, you know, for the rest of my career. So, from running, the, you, got, you said you got to run some of the meetings for the defensive backs. Did that pique any interest in coaching whenever you are not playing anymore? And I know you hope that's not for a while, but I, I think it's a relevant question to ask. Uh, you know, you obviously can't see my face right now. I got a huge smile on, though. Uh, absolutely. I, that's, that's what I want to do when I get done playing. Is I want to stick around the sport, you know, whether it's coaching, training, you know, some form of fashion. I love, you know, talking football. I love running those meetings. You know, I love when young guys come to me and ask for advice or tips or my opinion. Um, I think that would be my way to give back everything I've learned throughout my time um, in the CFL would be to give it back to the younger generation. And the best way to do it is through coaching. Um, I'm actually training kids right now because if that's the route I have to take to, to get to where I want, then I'm fine with that. But, you know, some form of fashion, I need to be around sports and, and help them make the next generation better. Yeah, Aaron Grimes, uh, defensive back for the Elks, joining us. And I, I think when it comes to this season, I, I got to ask about uh, the tough record. You know, another year without a win at home. Um, certainly, I mean, the Montreal and Toronto games come to mind. Games that were right there to be won that uh, that you couldn't quite close out. You know, what did you see from from uh, from your your teammates and, and the coaching staff as the season went on and kind of those playoff hopes uh, drifted away? Because it was tough. I mean, there I, I know some, a couple teams blew you out, but there were a lot of heartbreakers along the way too. Yeah, absolutely, and that, and that was tough. But you know, obviously, you want to get that home win. Um, still crossing my fingers for that. But uh, I seen a team that was starting to try to figure it out. You know, a team where, I mean, first game of the season, I don't want to bring up the score, but that obviously didn't go as planned. And then you get towards the end to where it's like, oh, like, damn, we're about to win our first home game, you know. And obviously the other team finds a way to win it, or we don't find a way to win, find a way to lose it. Um, but I've seen the team who was getting closer and closer to finding a way to win a football game and, and starting to have a little bit of belief. Um, and, you know, I feel like that's where – that's what hurt me the most from an injured perspective was I wish I could be out there and help be that spark to find that win. Yeah, I, I hear you for sure. I, I know it was probably tough for you to be um, to be watching. Did you watch the Grey Cup? And if so, what do you think of that fourth quarter? <laughs> I did watch the Grey Cup. And I, watching the fourth quarter, 
you know, I said this is why all three phases of the game are extremely important, right? Um, a lot of guys, they kind of stick their nose up at special teams. But, man, special teams is what won that game and kept it interesting, honestly. Um, but I just – a heck of a game. Like, what a game to watch. Extremely exciting. Um, and congratulations to Toronto for pulling off that dub. Did you – like, have you ever been in a game or seen a game before that had two blocked field goals in the final three minutes? I have never seen that before. That's one of the first things I said is I've rarely ever seen one block field goal, but two and then one to essentially, you know, lock up the game. I'm like, wow, that's that's incredible. That's, that's, that's paying attention to details, right? But that's what championship teams do, and that's why both those teams were in the Great Cup this year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, can I – it sounds like you got someone important with you. Can I still st steal you for a couple more questions, or do you need to go? Oh, no, I'm all yours. <laughs> okay. I don't want to. I don't want to pull you away from any other important duties. Aaron Grimes joining us tonight on uh, on Inside Sports. I, I assume you're watching the National Football League as well. No, I'm gonna. I'm sorry. I got one more CFL question. I forgot. Uh, Nathan Rourke from the Lions. I mean, you mentioned that first game of the season, but I mean, he didn't just do that to you guys. Um, right. What, what did you? How? And I, you know, he's, I think it was the Raiders he worked out with uh, yesterday or today. So the NFL teams are gonna gonna look at him. What allowed him to be so, well, special? I mean, I know he didn't play the whole year, but his stats were eye-popping even for the nine or, game, ten, ten, nine or ten games he played. You're a DB. You know, you, you had one of the positions that, you know, your position group has to try to stop a guy like that. What made Rourke so explosive for the Lions? For me, um, watching him play the game, it was his football IQ at such a young age. Um, a lot of times, he was reading the defense and knew where he was going with the ball before the ball was even snapped, right? There was times where I'd watch him take the snap, and if he went one, two, three, put that foot in the ground and released the ball, in my mind, I said, oh, it's a completion. He knew, he, he sees the hole, he knows where he's going with it. Then you obviously add in the arm strength, right, to make to make all the throws, and then the ability to make plays and get out of the pocket when needed. Um he was, he was, excuse my language, he's a hell of a player. Um, he deserves all the respect he gets. And honestly, I'd be surprised if he was back in the league next year with the way he plays. And I, I think he, he's got what it takes to, to play down in that league down there. So, uh, yeah, a hell of a player. All right. And speaking of that league down there, I don't know, I mean, there's so many things I could do. Like, I'll just throw this out, and I'll see where you want to go for an NFL storyline. For me, I'm a Seahawks fan, and I'm just thrilled they're not terrible. Uh, because they were supposed to win four or five games, and they already have six. So I don't know if there's a team or a player you follow in the NFL, though. I'm a Seattle fan as well. I was, uh, I, when you said that, I started laughing. I almost choked on, my, on myself. But, uh, yeah, I'm a Seahawks fan. And, and to be honest, I was thinking the same thing. Like, all right, let's see what we got. And they came out, and they've been swinging, and they've been surprising me. So extremely happy. Geno Smith is, is definitely – you know, proving me wrong a little bit there. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to see them play uh, every week. Well, I agree with you about Geno because I was like, oh, man, like he's going to get sacked like 20 times a game because he doesn't get rid of the ball. But he's been – he's outplaying the guy he was traded for, which I don't think anybody saw coming. So we'll, we'll take that, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I think, yeah, yeah, I won't comment too much on the other guy. Um, but definitely surprised me. Like both situations surprised me have surprised me, pleasantly surprised me, um, both with what the Broncos are doing offensively and what we're doing as a team to see how. 
Okay, uh, Aaron, thanks for doing this. I always love talking to you. Uh, I know you're working hard, and uh, you know, thanks for sharing your journey of getting through the, the injury, and we look forward to seeing you back on the field in the spring. So tomorrow, uh, you're at Commonwealth Stadium for the fan appreciation sale. Uh, I know fans will be happy to talk to you, man. Enjoy that experience. Uh, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Any Anytime. I enjoy doing these with you. You're a good dude, man, and I really appreciate you. Well, right on. Thank you so much, Aaron. That is Aaron Grimes, defensive back for your Edmonton Elks, hopping on the show. So Morley has the Elks this week, live from Commonwealth Stadium from 9 to 10 tomorrow morning. So uh, that'll be cool. I guess I'll probably be at uh, Roger's place getting stuff from the morning skate. It is 7.46. We appreciate you tuning in tonight. Uh, the hotline 780-496-0063 is presented by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling system. Certainteed pro all the way. Uh, I didn't get to the stuff about the Oilers' penalty kill, and we'll wrap up some of uh, your thoughts on the, uh, the fan base you find the most annoying. You're listening to 630 Jed Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. battling through a little bit of adversity, which is number one, our schedule's been um, what it has been. All teams go through that. Um, we've had major injuries. Uh, four of our top nine forwards are out. Uh, we're asking people to move up the lineup. We're learning a lot about people uh, when you go through this. So I think we're we're scratching and clawing. I think our team spirit is, is, is there. Um, you know, but our polish of being able to uh, Night in, night out, um, you know, uh, get the results that we want to get hasn't been there. A little bit from Jay Woodcroft after last night's game with Easy Lover. Philip Bailey and Phil Collins playing in the background. Class. Here we go. Oh, that's beautiful. All right, so... I just want to get to this. I was talking about Jack Campbell's and Skinner's stats earlier in the show. I said I was going to get to the penalty killing because Woodcroft made a comment last night that it's improved since the, the Washington game. I'll call it the Washington debacle because the Oilers went one for five on the penalty kill. The penalty kill since that game is 76.9%, which is 18th in the NHL. So mediocre, uh, you know, not great, but uh, not terrible leading up to and including the Washington debacle, the Oilers were 30th in the NHL at 67.9%. So really there was nowhere to go but up. And they have gone up. I still think their penalty killing needs to be a little better. Uh, well, at least a little. I mean, you'd like to be way better. I don't know if maybe they just don't have it, uh, have it this year to be way better. But it'd be nice if it were a little better. Rob and I talked about a couple of those plays last night. I mean, they lost face-offs. And I know Woodcroft said in his availability, well, you know, that he kind of didn't say they were so much penalty-killing errors because it wasn't a set-up penalty kill against a set-up power play. But still, losing the face-off and then having to adjust, I think, is part of it. And uh, and Rob explained why they didn't cover those two face-off losses very well. So anyway, uh, those are those penalty kill stats. Leading up to and including the Washington game, 30th in the NHL, 67.9%. Since then, 18th in the NHL, 
0.9%. It'd be nice if they could, uh, you know, have a r long run where they're maybe around 80%. We'll see. Tomorrow, 3.30 for the face-off show. Game at 5. Oilers and Canadians here on 6.30. Chad. Kellen Kennedy, what are people saying... Who are people identifying <laughs> as the uh, most annoying fan base and why? Well, we've got fan bases. A and why. That's the key thing. You have to say why on this show. We have, we've, we've entered the, uh, the supernatural now because we've got fan bases both living and dead now on the text line. What? Uh, Robbie texts in and says, Nordique fans because they think they won the cup last year. LOL. <laughs> okay, that's pretty funny. I, that's pretty good. I like that one. <laughs> I like that one too. That was good. Uh, Dino Bambino, the oh. Vancouver Canucks fans because they are a bunch of cosmopolitan, yuppie, Starbucks-sipping, <laughs> oh, fair-weather fans. <laughs> Wow. Canucks fans, not popular. We're, we're getting more, yeah, quite a few votes for Canucks fans. That's yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it's unreal. Um, Colton, Texan. Yes, he Sit. owns my calf. Yes. He owns the calf he named after me. Mm -hmm. uh, Colton says, Maple Leafs fans, because they think Matthews is actually better than McDavid, but I will admit I kind of like Matthews' duster. He's been rocking. <laughs> okay. I don't think they, the Leafs fans think Matthews is better than McDavid. I, I think they might think he's better than Dreisaitl, which I don't think is accurate either. But he's pretty good. I mean, he did win the MVP, which should count for something. We got, we got one from our old buddy Matt in a culvert as well. Uh-oh. It's probably pretty cold in the culvert. It's freezing in that culvert. <laughs> he says, after this past week, Croatian soccer fans. You know what? That's an excellent text. I, I kind of felt that way too. Like, just... Get over it already. Yeah, no like, kidding. sorry, our coach used a bad word. Like, man, oh man. It was just motivation. Like, honestly, that's all he was yeah. doing. He was trying to motivate his team to to do good. That's it. And boy, did that get blown yeah. out of proportion. And it's like, what? oh well, you beat a country you're supposed to beat. Okay, good for you guys. Yeah, exactly. Did, yeah, <laughs> Croatia made it to the round of 16. They didn't. They, they did. I think so. Yes, because yeah. Belgium didn't make it. Out that's of right. Group. That yes. was a big surprise. Uh, yes. What's the matchup again? Croatia plays Japan on Monday. Oh, that'll be and good. And Morocco plays Spain on Tuesday. The teams that advanced out of our group well go japan anyway uh we got michael texting in and says toronto because they live in the center of the world and that's from michael okay well <laughs> i don't know about that and that's all i've got that was th those were all great oh tonight, pretty good yeah people that are pretty, pretty good. good on the assignment I, i'll I'd, uh, i'll give the our 14 listeners a uh, solid b i think for those there were some pretty funny ones along the way as well okay well that was uh, that was that was good i'm not annoyed by uh, anybody ever actually that's not true i'm frequently annoyed <laughs> As you know, Kellen. <laughs> I'll put my vote. I'll put my vote in for the Riders, Reed, just uh, due to the the, uh, the hatred that I developed for that team in the early 2010s because they were so good and we were so poor. But there we go. Yeah, Rider. Well, I troll Rider Nation sometimes on this show, but they they probably like I was saying to Jeff, they'd probably be the uh, they'd probably be the fan base that a lot of people around here identify as you know the most passionate or the one they kind of admire, even if they can be a little a little annoying. Hey. Love. Oh, yeah, it's Friday, isn't it? It I wasn't is even thinking of that. Thanks to Dave Campbell. He's the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer. I will join you at 3.30 tomorrow afternoon for the face-off show. Game is at 5. Oilers start a four-game homestand taking on the Montreal Canadiens. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening.